Well, as I said, later on in the show, we're going to be hearing a little bit about the Madiba shirt, and Mandela himself was seen as a fashion icon, certainly in one editor's eyes. But first, dress and fashion in Africa, a glimpse. It's the name of an exhibition which is currently on at the Mahala Kwena Gallery in Church Street in Cape Town, where I went uh, recently to get the story from co-curator Elbi Kutsia. About three years ago, my co-curator, Suzanne Tasei-Tachne from Zuri, and I decided that we would like to put together an exhibition focusing on Africa's dress and fashion. And we started working two and a half years ago on this exhibition by Survivors contacting collectors, contacting Once designers, fabric textile houses, and also collecting the pieces, asking people whether they would be willing to put their pieces on the exhibition. Both of us are passionate about the cultures of the African continent. We do a lot of reading, research and enjoy to celebrate and share what's happening on the continent. Why clothes in particular? Are they saying something that artworks perhaps don't? I think clothing is such a non-verbal and powerful way of communicating your individual preferences, age, gender, status, community you belong to, and also communicate, if we look at many of the cloths printed, it can send a message. I celebrate Women's Day, I belong to a religious group, so that we find a very powerful way of communicating. And then also the vibrant colors, patterns, textiles of Africa, some of them are so different and so beautiful. Uh, Also, in many cases, celebrate a moment in time, a moment in history. You've got a cloth from 1994, liberation cloth up there. Yes, we have the cloth with Mandela printed on it to celebrate freedom. That also comes from a wonderful collection from Anthea Methvin. She gave many of the garments and textiles from her permanent collection. Just going back to what people wear, saying something about themselves, that you, we're surrounded by a sort of kaleidoscope of colours here, and presumably a kaleidoscope of Africa. How many different countries have you got? And is it national dress, or is it a contemporary dress? It's a wide variety of dress. We cover two floors on the gallery, but Africa is a huge continent, and that's why we named the exhibition A Glimpse. We've covered many countries, and we have on permanent exhibition and not for sale from numerous countries, but also garments and accessories from numerous countries for sale. So the exhibition is changing all the time. We have for sale from Cameroon, from Ghana, beautiful clutch bags and handbags from Kenya, beaded sandals, beautifully designed dresses and jackets from Maasai cloth. We have beaded necklaces, beaded bangles, And I think you've had a couple of people coming in from elsewhere in Africa who recognize the clothes from their home country here. Oh, yes, they just love coming in and seeing and identifying with it. And they're really so proud. And I think the majority of the sales went to people from other African countries. Just looking looking at what I'm looking at now, this is wonderful sort of red, yellow and blue dress. I'm not sure, are there sort of traditional Aside from the fabrics, are there traditional shapes that you recognize? I mean, I'm not aware of any names, you know, specifically for these dresses. But 
I think women in Africa are so innovative that they take fabrics and then they design their own styles. These ones are typical from West Africa because many of the garments that we've collected from West Africa has this style. Very powerful, bright colors and beautiful details, whether it's rushed or pleated, buttons added. They are so innovative and creative. And inspirational. I mean, just over here, there's a piece by, I'm not sure who she is, but it's, it's Mill Payne. And she's obviously been very inspired by the work of women from elsewhere in Africa. What, tell, me, tell me about this piece. It's based on the Tsonga wear, where you have the skirt. And she has layered, instead of having the skirt at the bottom and the wrap or shawl covering the shoulders, she's taken a front skirt, a back skirt, and then meticulously embroidered. And it has a Baroque creativity to it as well. And her project, she also started to create employment opportunities for women in northern Limpopo. Looking at all these wonderful things, are they mostly historic, mostly contemporary? Is, is there a line between the two? It's a mixture. We show dress and fashion historically influenced and also art inspired by dress and fashion. We have high heel shoes beautifully painted by Esther Mashlangu, well-known South African artist, and she uses a chicken feather to do the painting. Now, these could be a work of art, but it can also be worn. And then we have the sneakers, beautifully embroidered. We have wood carvings depicting textiles, the patterns, beautiful colors. We have beaded figurines. Do tell me about this lady here. It's actually, a, a, as you say, a wood carving of a woman sitting next to a sewing machine with a giant pair of scissors and a piece of cloth coming under the sewing machine. Where, where is she from? Tell me her story. We believe it's from West Africa. It belongs to Harry Sitoli. He has a gallery shop called African Image, and it's one of the pieces in his permanent collection. Unfortunately, the, the name of the artist is unknown. You can see she's a fashion designer and seamstress in Africa. Uh, dressmakers in Africa fulfill a very important role because many women would purchase their fabric and then consult the dressmaker and find a fashionable outfit to make consult with her. She's a very, very fashionable piece of artwork in herself, but you know, I'm just thinking that where would the clothes of African women be without the apron? And you've got a whole wall full of aprons. Are they very significant, very symbolic? They are. It is a beautiful collection, and it really starts with the beaded causa, we call it, or colonial people uh, coming to Africa, or the discoverers, called it aprons because it covered the front of the body. We have a huge selection from beaded aprons, so-called aprons, that are worn by, or were worn by girls during initiation. We have the wedding aprons of the Kosa women. Then we have a selection also from West Africa. Then we have from Limpopo, contemporary ones that the Northern Sutu people wear now, sort of a wraparound apron. Then we have an apron embroidered by an artist with her own hair and then also the aprons that's I believe it comes from Europe with a reference to the shwe shwe cloth Well that's the voice of Elbi Kutsia co-curator of the Dress and Fashion exhibition Dress uh, and Fashion in Africa exhibition here on Otherwise and later the tour continued upstairs
These are two beautiful dresses and very, very displaying a person's dignity, I think. They are two Herero dresses and they also from a collection of Binky Newman. They come from Namibia, the Herero group. The fabrics themselves, what do we know about them? They look almost... Like Liberty Prince, one of them. Yes, but Namibia was a German colony, so I'm sure the fabrics were inspired, you know, by European prints, and they're very typical of that era. And together with two dolls, they're curia dolls, and they, we estimate that they were made mid-20th century with a beautiful headgear. You know, we talk a lot about women's clothes because, you know, women and fashion sort of kind of go hand in hand. But I'm looking at these two giant wraps. I'm I'm not sure what they are, but they definitely, I would say, male garments. What are they and where are they from? Yes, they are male garments. They're called buboos and they're from the Hausa area, Nigeria. And it's strip cloth that's sewn together with huge arms and then a smaller opening at the bottom and then the smallest opening for the head and they worn by men. They seem to be embroidered and I'm just wondering if fabric like that is embroidered in that country, printed in that country, designed in that country. A lot of the fabrics, do they originate from Africa? These are certainly created, made, manufactured. They are definitely from Africa. There are fabrics and fashions not printed and made in Africa, for example, the Flesco range that we have of fashions and a large selection of their fabrics, and those are made in the Netherlands. But it's become part of Africa's culture because the women, they buy them, they're very typical in West Africa, and it all came about with a Dutch East Indian company where the Dutch traveled around the African continent to the east, to India and to Java, and saw those beautiful wax prints there. And then later also some of the people from West Africa were taken to Java during the wars, and then they learnt to do the wax printing as well, and they knew the fabrics. So the Dutch saw this market for printing, and they could do it in a more cost-effective way. So these are printed, but the people from West Africa, and I think the people from Africa now, has really embraced the Flisco range of uh, Dutch wax prints. But we will always have Shwe Is it a truly South African fabric? Yes, the Shweshwe fabric is definitely a South African fabric printed uh, by Dagama Textiles and the variety and colors and patterns are so beautiful and so typical and I think everyone is so proud of being associated with Shweshwe. One of the things that we do associate with African fabrics is the Madiba shirt. I, I don't know if you've got any Madiba shirts. You've certainly got a cutout of much younger Nelson Mandela here wearing one of his traditional shirts. Where's he from? This cutout, wooden cutout, is also a collection from Harry Sitole. And Madiba is certainly dressed in one of his typical colorful shirts. The Madiba shirt, is it a, a traditional style? Do you know anything at all about the origins of it? I am not sure about that, but I think we are so proud of seeing him in his shirt. And that's why I think there's such a market for Madiba shirts. People aspire and want to be associated with the values that he really lived and shared with us. And here we are, in fact, next to the the Madiba cloth that we were talking about earlier, the 1994 Year of Liberation for All South Africans. It looks like it's been around for a lot longer than the 20 years that it is. Would it have been worn at the time? 
Yes, certainly it was worn. I think Anthea Medvin purchased it and worn it. One can, one, it's very obvious now that she enjoyed wearing it. And it's right next door to the cloth of Zimbabwean independence, 1980, which is, that's a collector's item, isn't it? Yes, it is. And it's beautiful with a typical Zimbabwean bird. Yes, a celebration cloth. And these are all the, these are all the garments that are for sale. Including, gosh, this looks like the King of Scotland. It's a, a, a tartan, like a little Victorian jacket. Yes, it's, it's made from Maasai cloth, but it really, it, if one looks at it, it looks like a tartan cloth. But it's made by a Kenyan designer, beautifully tailored using the Maasai cloth. Have you had a lot of designers coming through to look at this? Because it, it really is so inspirational. Have you had a lot of people coming here? And what's the response? We've had a wonderful response, especially during the time when the Cape Town Fashion Exhibition was on at the Convention Centre. We had many designers from Africa visiting, and that's also how the fresco fabrics and garments came to be in the, in the gallery. We have some of their dresses. We had people who attended the, the Fashion Week, buyers from all over Africa, visiting the exhibition. It was a wonderful two-week time. What's going to happen at the end? How long is it going to be on for? And will all these beautiful items go back to their owners? The garments and textiles that's part of permanent collections, they will go back. But the garments on the carousel, we think we will sell most of them. And the exhibition runs until the 19th of December. Which of these items do you most covet? Which do you long to wear yourself? What's your favorite piece, in other words? Mm, there are so many, it's a difficult choice. I love these uh, little jackets, short jackets by a Kenyan designer. They're so colourful and the patterns are so bold and it's just a happy jacket. It is indeed, it was indeed a happy jacket. Elby Kutsia on a glimpse, dress and fashion in Africa. The Durban International Film Festival takes over Durban in July from the 18th to the 28th with more than 170 films and over 300 screenings in 11 venues across the city, offering the best in cinema from around the world, as well as a feast of workshops, seminars and masterclasses for aspiring and professional filmmakers. Join me, Subin Boyer, with other local and international stars for South Africa's biggest film festival. For more information, go to durbanfilmfest.co.za. The festival is principally supported by the National Lottery Distribution Trust Fund. On the 2nd of August, wear your slippers and be a hero. Okay, stop. Please read it again, but this time wear the slippers. The other slippers. Okay. Slippers. On the 2nd of August, wear your slippers and be a hero. Make sure you buy your 10 Rand, reach for a dream sticker, and help the dreams of a child come true. How was that? Perfect. We're done. What? No, wait, wait. Where can I get myself a slipper sticker? You can find out on reachforadream.org.za, but... Senna Bank brings you a retrospective exhibition by renowned artist Simon Stone. Stone's paintings have been described as unashamedly traditional with a twist. Both detailed and expressive, he reveals an exploration of colour, form, composition, as well as mood and atmosphere. Visit the Standard Bank Gallery from the 10th of July to the 14th of September. For more information, log on to standardbankarts.co.za. Standard Bank, moving forward. Uh, this is Professor Abdullah Ali, the former Prime Minister of Somalia. Uh, happy birthday to our hero, uh, our political icon, Nelson Mandela. Uh, wish him a quick recovery.
And don't forget, if you would like to uh, leave your message to Madiba, the SABC Telcom and Nelson Mandela Centre of Memory invite you to record a birthday message. Call 0800-333-803 to leave your message in less than a minute. Standard rate supply. SAFM may broadcast some of your messages. Otherwise, with Nancy Richards. Well, otherwise it is Talking Women, and what we're talking about is uh, an exhibition called A Glimpse, Dress and Fashion in Africa. And finally, there was one section of the exhibition that involved the work of a very special collection of women. These hand-embroidered self-portraits were made by the craft artists of the Mohalakwena Craft Art Development Foundation, a foundation that I've been, that I established and have been involved in next year. It would be 20 years. And when Suzanne and I worked on this exhibition, we decided that we would like to involve the women as well. They live in such a remote area and to make them part of fashion and dress in Africa. So we asked them to embroider their self-portraits in their favorite diaparo, diaparo's dress in Sepedi language, and that's what they did. And then after they've embroidered it, we had it stretched like little works of art. And then Suzanne photographed the women to see, you know, what they really look like when they, when they dress up. And then after that, we conducted interviews to ask them what is their idea and what do they think about dress and fashion? Who do they admire? Who do they think? dress beautifully and it was such a wonderful experience with the women they all loved the Madiba shirt and all admired him they also admired Tabu Mbeki although they said he comes from Europe and he dresses like a European not like Madiba that was quite interesting I think and then the TV show People from generations, I don't know all the, all the TV shows, but they admire those people. Who have we got here? Is this Elizabeth Hamise? Okay. She's Elizabeth. got her name embroidered there. Yes. She's so colourful and her favourite dress, her mother is a vendor, and she dressed in the typical uh, strip-stitched vendor wraps and also the headgear, the beads, and the little gold earrings to go with that. The pink and the, the blue, bright blue. Yes, she says Miriam Makeba is always very well dressed, but she's an artist. Because you don't have to ask, you see from their clothes who they are. From which ethnic group is it Venda or Shangan? And she says, I am Elizabeth Hamise. I am wearing pedi pink to show the other people how we wear and what our culture looks like. Pedi pink? I mean, that's a very uh, cultural-looking item. They do, although she's wearing below, you can see the skirt at the bottom, that's pedi pink. And I also love pedi pink. It's a color that the women of this group often wear. Bright pink and then blue, a bright blue to go with it. And she's wrapped her vendor cloth over the pedi pink skirt because there are two uh, vendor-speaking women in the group and the rest are Sepedi speaking. So it's wonderful to see that acculturation where they embrace the two cultures. And religions, I see somebody here is wearing... Yes, it's a badge. Most of them belong to the ZCC church, 
which is a huge gathering of people. I think it's one of the biggest church groups in South Africa. And they all, all wear their little, it's like a green felt label, and then it has the metal, either a star or a little bird, depending on the group they belong to. It feels like it would have been a, quite a sort of empowering project. That, you know, just looking at the women in the photographs, were they keen to share their feelings about clothes and do they think a lot about the clothes? Yes, oh they do. They love to dress up and over the years we had many, many discussions where we, because it's a, a craft art group, we talk about colours, families of colours. So if you go blue, what would be a family member, the, the colour family member colour to go with a blue. So they love to mix and match. If you look at Selina Pukela with a blue dress and a darker blue and lighter blue little flower on it and then the blue t-shirt and the blue headgear to match with it and the white shoes and then this one with Esther with a dark brown skirt, light purple t-shirt and then the striped stockings. And, and Catherine and Pia, you were talking about Mandela. She just read me Catherine's piece. Yes, yeah. Catherine Mpe. She says, mm, Mandela, Aya, Mandela's fashion, Mandela, Mandela's number one. The shirts, very special. We buy our clothes in Senvar Bavana, Bochum, and also in Louis Trichard. Senvar Bavana is the biggest shopping area in the Bloberg, that uh, area of the Bloberg district. And they go there with a taxi. These interviews were done by Pietra Terblanche. She's a cultural anthropologist and um, she lives at the village and she conducted the interviews uh, with the women. And the embroideries themselves, they're meticulous. They're, it feels like it's a way of getting, for a woman to get to know herself, to embroider herself. Did you do one? Did you, have you done one of yourself wearing clothes of some sort? No, I haven't done one of myself, but they have done. They have embroidered me, drawn me, embroidered me. And many times I look and I think, I didn't think my hair is that white or, <laughs> <laughs> or my legs that thin. But it is, it is beautiful. These embroideries, they are excellent embroiderers. Very, uh, the tension, the length of the stitches, the type of stitch they use. They, well, mainly they use chain and back stitch. But how they change, you know, the face is done in, in backstitch, it gives a finer detail, and then the, the dress is done in chain stitch. But even the little nose is sculpted. Very beautiful. Just coming back to Esther here, with she of the stripy stockings, she says, I'm a vendor, but I no longer have my husband who is a paddy. Yes, her husband passed on and then she went in mourning. They usually mourn for a certain period of time and that's dictated by her in-laws. She was wearing a beautiful brown shwe shwe dress and I looked at her and I said, I would like to take your photograph. You look so beautiful in your outfit. It has a cape as well wrapped around the shoulders. And she was wearing it for almost four months. And then on the Thursday, I told her that I would like to take the photograph. And then Friday morning when uh, she came to the craft center, she was dressed in her usual clothes. And I said, Esther, why aren't you in mourning? And she said, no. My mother-in-law said, the rain will come. I must take off these mourning clothes. And I thought, okay. And so came the weekend and Monday, and on Tuesday we had rain in July, 
in Limpopo. And on Wednesday it rained again. And I was just amazed by the spirituality. I don't know what one will call it. Some people might say, you know, it's only luck. I do not know. But I think there's a much deeper spirituality in Africa that we realized. Elwi Kutsia, co-curator with Suzanne Tasitania of uh, A Glimpse, Dress and Fashion in Africa. It's an exhibition at the Mohalaquena Gallery in Church Street right here in Cape Town. It's running through until December the 19th, so if you're in town, do get to see it. There's some wonderful, wonderful pieces. Certainly those embroideries are something very special. If you'd like to check it out, the website is Mohalaquena, that's M-O-G-A-L. A K W E N A Mohalaquena dot com or give them a call on O two one four two four seven four double eight. But we'll put the link up on our Facebook page. But right now it's uh, just after one thirty. Time for the news headlines here on SAFM with Udsile. Well, right here on uh, Otherwise Talking Women. In a minute, we're going to be talking to the editor of New African Woman, who, amongst other things, sees Nelson Mandela as a fashion icon. Well, earlier you might have heard us speculating when I was talking to Elby there, speculating about the origins of the Madiba shirt. Well, I did a little bit of Googling, and uh, according to Wikipedia, it's a batik shirt in bright and colourful prints. Well, that we know, a well-known nickname for uh, these batik shirts, popularised by former South African President Nelson Mandela. And it was said to have been said by them to have been designed by Desiree Bursky and first worn by the then newly elected president at the dress rehearsal of the opening of South Africa's first democratic parliament in May '94. It was a fish-printed batik dubbed by the press the fish shirt, not surprisingly. But according to Bursky's website, uh, he wore it at the dress rehearsal of the opening uh, only two weeks after she had actually presented it to one of his personal bodyguards. And in the pocket of uh, the shirt, she slipped a little note which said, Thank you for your endless love, dedication and sacrifices that you have made to heal this beloved country and all its people. But there is, however, some dispute over the claims of who is actually the designer, the original designer of the Madiba shirt. shirt because uh, while some reports credit uh, Desiree, Sonwabili Ndamase says that he's the originator, having designed it back in the uh, 1990s. Well, his shirts at his shop now cost around 850, and there are limited editions of each and every one. But what he also says is that my interaction with Utata has been a daunting and exciting one because through him I've managed to travel the world. And Mandela's words when he received the shirt still echo in Indomasi's ears today. He says, a pondo who designs clothes, let me see what you have designed for me. Well, he says, all I really wanted to do was honour and thank this great man for his magnanimous bravery by giving him his own style as a way of saying thank you for what he had done for all of us. Well, I guess it doesn't really matter so much who, uh, who made the original design. Perhaps it was a collective thing or perhaps it was in the ether. I suppose what's important is the style of the man who wears it. You're listening to Otherwise here, where we're talking, certainly we're thinking about Madiba, we're talking about uh, former President Nelson Mandela. And uh, we, have on the line, um, we have on the line somebody who thinks about him in a very different sort of way. She's, in fact, the editor of a, a magazine called New African Woman. It's an international publication, and she is Regina Jane Jerry, and we have her on the line. I think she's originally from Zambia, but she's based in headquarters in London. Hi, Regina. Hello. Hello, Nancy. How are you today? Well, lovely, and it's really nice to have you on this very auspicious day for us, for Madiba's birthday. Oh, yes. It's nice to get a little bit of input from abroad. And I think in your view, um, I think Madiba is, is quite special for other reasons. I think you see him as something as a fashion icon. Well, like you've actually uh, been talking about the Madiba shirt, and uh, uh, 
he's just been an icon on, on so many different levels. And uh, the Madiba sets, actually, uh, I could wear one as a woman, you know. you can. It, it's just something that has been more than symbolic just for Madiba, but it's also something that has got this... Um, uh, should I call it maybe Africanism in it? Mm-hmm. You know, you just, it's so associated with Africa. You know, you just look at the Madiba shirt and you know it has actually come from, uh, you know, the continent, from the motherland. And also, you know, he has also been seen in uh, some of his traditional, um, uh, I think it's the, uh, from his own tribe. Yes. And I remember, I think just about a week ago when uh, there was so much press going on in Africa, um, in South Africa about his, um, uh, current condition, uh, we posted on our Facebook page an image of him, you know, wearing, you know, the traditional beads and another one over his head. And we've never had that many likes on our Facebook oh, page. Oh, wow. Because yeah. everybody, everybody said, where can we get these beads? Where can we get these beads? So, you see, that's where he's coming in. We just say, oh, so he is actually a fashion icon as well. Yes, I know that very picture, and it's a wonderful picture. He's the, the, the sort beautiful. of like a, a big sort of round necklace. Well, all those people who are liking your Facebook page just have to come right over here to South Africa and uh, see what we can do, <laughs> because we've got lots and lots of them. Wonderful. And, Regina, have you got a birthday message for him? Oh, yes, definitely. Happy birthday, Tata Madiba. And uh, it's also a time not only to celebrate his birthday and to wish him well, to wish him, to wish him a speedy recovery and really to wish him comfort, but at the same time it's also a day to also think ahead to say, you know, we want to have the continent produce more Madibas. Yeah. So happy birthday to a great man. Oh, bless you. That's lovely. Absolutely lovely. It's interesting that you say that you could wear one. I, have n- I never really thought of women wearing a Madiba shirt. I suppose, it, I suppose it, absolutely no reason why not. But I have to ask you about fashion because I've been looking on the net at some of the pages of New African Woman and fashion is a very, very big component, is it not truly? Is, t- tell us about the magazine firstly. Give us an overview. Okay, I'll be very brief because of our probably uh, uh, time limitations, really. Well, the New African Woman actually started about two, three years ago now, and is a product which was born out of our main publication, which is the New African, which is a very political magazine, uh, of which I'm um, uh, the deputy editor. But I saw that through the New African, we didn't carry a lot of issues pertaining to us women. And three years ago, I did ask the publishers if I could actually, on top of my normal nine-to-five as a deputy editor, I could do the New African Woman. And ideally, our ethos for the New African Woman is as diverse as the New African Woman is. I can't start to say it's uh, embodied in one word as New African Mm. Woman, but, you know, Africa is so diverse. So it's a publication that covers not just fashion. Fashion is a big premise for us because there aren't so many uh, black women's magazines that focus on African design talent. And that's what is our main difference with other publications. It's African design talent, which we feature a lot. Yes, I'd like to come back to that in just a minute. But just going back to what you were saying about the new African, which is quite political, but doesn't seem to cover women's issues very much. I mean, I don't know if women's issues is the right expression, really. But... Is that deliberate? I mean, as the deputy editor, have you not lobbied for there to be more uh, woman-centric information? I think, you know, if you uh, you look at the history of uh, the New African magazine, it's been kind of like very pan-Africanist. Mm. And 
it's really sad to say that, you know, we, even within the Pan-African movement as we have grown, women have always been put on the back burner, even if we've been part and parcel of the independence struggle. And, but even as deputy editor, I know we have tried here and there to infuse women's issues inside the, uh, the main magazine, The New African, but it has usually been what I've always said, a little bit more masculine than it should, uh, it can be better. But it was an opportunity for us because we started actually as a supplement uh, for the New African Woman within the New African magazine. And it was so well welcomed and it was so popular that it mm. couldn't actually just be like uh, a supplement within another magazine. We had to actually come out of that so that we can actually give it more room. Well, so, yeah, 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 the New African uh, could have done better, but I think by producing a magazine within the, um, uh, our own uh, publishing house, which is dedicated to women's um, um, issues, if we can call them that, I think it's a, it's a much better way of doing that because I think I put in more. Yes, sometimes women just have to fight for their space, don't they? <laughs> so maybe the answer is to put some politics and, and women's issues into the into the women's magazine so that it's not That's what just... They do. Yeah, lovely, lovely. Um, just uh, having said all of the above, just going back to the fashion, uh, one of the things I see advertised in the magazine is the Flesco fabrics that our earlier talk, uh, speaker was talking about. When you talk about African designers, is there a lot of that in the UK? And I, and I think that your magazine is not just for the UK, it's for, it's for the African diaspora, am I right? It's for the Af- African diaspora and it's also for the continent because we are the only uh, black women's magazine that sells across uh, the African continent the Caribbean, America, and in Europe, of course. And, uh, yes, African design talent, when we talk about African design talent, we include the diasporan uh, African or black from the Caribbean or from uh, um, Afro-Americans who want to be featured, and uh, uh, they've got kind of like an African-inspired feel to their design, ta- uh, uh, design collections. So, yeah, it's not just really basically for the UK. Yeah. I was quite interested to see, nonetheless, that I think you've profiled a number of South African women, certainly Simpi Wejana, I think, some while ago, and um, Precious, Precious Malloy, I think, is in... Yes. I'm not yes. sure if it's your latest issue. So yes. do, you, do you keep your eyes on what's going on here? And we've got Pumzili Mlambo Nuka, who has recently been uh, appointed by the UN. Are you keeping your eyes very firmly on what's happening with women in South Africa? Yes, yes, I think it's uh, one, first of all, South Africa remains one of our biggest um, markets for the new African woman. The magazine receives the most feedback from the South African readers, which is really, really good for us, and we are hoping that we can actually increase our distribution, move away maybe from uh, the CNA and exclusive books and go probably in places like Checkers as well. So, yeah, we actually focus a lot, and you'll find that in each edition that we have, we have a special cover just meant for the South African audience. That would be just exclusively for the uh, South African market. Um, so, yes, the focus is very much um, uh, we do concentrate quite more on South Africa because it's a big, it's a big country, yeah. it's a big market in, on so many different way, uh, um, uh, levels from fashion, politics, beauty, uh, empowerment, and I, I can go on and on. Yeah, yeah so yeah. it's quite big in South Africa, yes. Regina, I'm hoping that you'll come over to South Africa again soon so that we can, we can sort of meet face-to-face because it sounds really interesting. But um, just lastly and very briefly, as you say, sadly we don't have so much time, but um, the new African woman, is she 
Can you describe her? Obviously, not in one word. A couple of words. Yes. What is she, what is she like? <laughs> uh, that would be really hard. But as I said, in a couple of ways, I say the new African woman is a very diverse woman, and the new African woman have got to be, uh, you know, define themselves whom they are. It can be Nadine Godma. It can be Bonang Mateva. It can be Sharif Theron, it can be Cynthia Wedana. You know, we are all diverse and we cannot encompass what, uh, an, uh, uh, a new African woman as one entity. It's as diverse as the continent is. Lovely. Well, short but very sweet. Regina, I'm going to give out your website, which I have, as africaasia.com forward slash new African woman. Would that be right? That would be right, but it also there is a new website which we are launching very soon. It's live at the moment. You can go there, which is actually the New African Woman Magazine dot com. New African Woman Magazine dot com. Fabulous, com. Regina. Bless that's, you. That's Thank you so much. That's the new one. We're uploading content as I speak to you now. So that's the new one. Uh, the Africa Asia is still live as well, so you can actually visit both. Lovely. Watch that. Uh, what those numbers go up. Lovely. Thank you so much. Take care. Cheers. Regina Jane Jerry, and uh, she is the editor of the New African Woman magazine. If you'd like to check it out, www.newafricanwoman.com. Well, next, a special extra-length children's program, Nali Bali, also celebrating Madiba with a very special guest. <laughs> 